Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, honeys. Oh, I bet you're all so excited to hear about Allie Ward. So am I. But before we get to Allie Ward, I have some very exciting news to share with the honeys. So... You might have heard a few episodes ago, I was talking about how I wish I was more of a reader. And sometimes I just say little anecdotes like that out loud on the pod, and then I get emails from people about them. I got an email from Lauren. Lauren works at Little Brown and Company, which is a publishing company in New York City. I imagine her job is a lot like Hillary Duff on the show Younger. She's probably like a young, cool executive in her little office. Anyway, she emailed me and she said, hey, I uh, I heard you mention that you want to read more. Well, I work at a publishing house. I'm going to send you some books. So she sent me and my husband and Chooch actually got a book as well, a box of books to read. So I just wanted to say thank you to Lauren. But also, while we were chatting back and forth on email, she told me that her company published Kevin O'Quan's famous book, Making Faces. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about Kevin O'Quan. So Making Faces is his book, and October marks the 20th anniversary of this best-selling book. In the book Making Faces, he shares his secrets, explaining not only the basics of makeup application and technique, but also how to use the fundamentals to create a wide range of looks. Kevin O'Quan was a celebrated and beloved makeup artist to the stars, responsible for creating some of the most sought-after looks of the 80s and 90s. And his book, Making Faces, changed the game. It is a huge, best-selling book worldwide. Everybody loves it. It is a must-have if you're a makeup lover. It is a must-have if you're a reader. And guess what? Lauren and I are throwing a little contest to the honeys so this is how we're doing this contest baby she had an idea so she is going to give away six prizes you heard me six so six honeys all over the world are eligible to win the following one grand prize winner is going to get two of kevin o'quan's books that is making faces and then the follow-up book face forward Plus, the official Kevin O'Quan limited edition Making Faces beauty book palette that is at Sephora right now. This palette has uh, contour, highlight, blushes, eyeshadows. It's cruelty-free. It is beautiful. Kevin O'Quan's makeup is very high quality, and this is a really cute palette, so good luck to the honeys because this is a great prize. And then five other honeys are going to win a set of the books. So they are going to win Making Faces and Face Forward. So everybody say thank you to Lauren out there. Thank you to Little Brown and Company because this isn't a sponsored uh, contest. She's just a fan of Natch Butte and wants to send the honey some love and as do I. So we're created this little contest for everybody. So how do you enter, Jackie? How do you enter? Let me tell you. We came up with this together, okay? So what you're going to do is you got to go on your Instagram And you're going to post a photo of something that inspires your beauty. 
That could be a picture of your face, your mom, your grandma, your dog, a dolphin, whatever inspires your beauty. Hashtag the photo, Natch Butte Kevin O'Quan. So you know how to spell Natch Butte. Kevin O'Quan is spelled a little differently than you might think. It is K-E-V-Y-N-A-U-C-O-I-N. So Kevin's got a Y, baby. Keeping it exciting with the Y instead of the I. So hashtag Natch Butte Kevin O'Quan. Starting today, the day this podcast airs, for two weeks, this contest is going to go. And just, you know, tell all your friends, everybody enter the contest. We're trying to give some books away, honey. So we thought that was super exciting. I'm excited about it. I want everybody to have one of these beautiful books. And we talk about it a little bit with Allie Ward, but I wanted to put all the details on the top of the pod so everybody's got them. Hashtag Natch Butte Kevin O'Quan. Post a photo of something that inspires your beauty. This contest is open for two weeks starting today and is open to honeys all over the world. So may the best and most snatched honeys win. Now, let's hear from Allie Ward, shall we? You, ooh, you, ooh, are a natural beauty. You, ooh. Let me tell you the story about the part that changed my destiny. This is Natch Butte. Welcome. I'm Jackie Johnson, your host. I hope you appreciated the new intro that I'm working on. I have a very special guest in front of me today. I mean, she's a veritable podcast quine. I believe quine is the proper term. I mean, she's Allie Ward. What do I need to say? Allie Ward is here. Oh, God. Am I ever. You're here. I can't believe this. I know. Because the first podcast appearance I ever did Mm -hmm. was Slumber Party. Yep. With Allie and Georgia, baby. Yep. How long ago was that? Four years? One million years ago. It was about a million years ago. But I still get tweets and emails from fans of Natribute that say they found me on Slumber Party. We were like... You were the gateway. You were the podcast gateway for Jackster. We knew... Jackie J was lightning in a bottle. And we were like, we got to get her on first. The world needs to know yeah. your... You know hot talent when you see it. You're like Jimmy Iovine. Hell, I don't know who that is, but oh, we are. You got to watch the Defiant ones on HBO. God, I got to do it's so It's about much. the music business, baby. Okay, well, we discovered you and we uh, own you. Yeah. And we get most of your profits for the rest of your life. Yeah. I, I'm well aware. I signed I signed a deal with the devil. I know about that. Jackie J, we were I have been a huge fan of yours since the first time I saw you on stage at UCB. I was like, this girl's got it. And it was it's always been such a pleasure to watch you do your thing. So I'm super stoked that you're potting because it's so pure, pure Jackie Michelle Johnson. Yeah, that's true. So, there's only one way to be, baby, and that's a hundy yourself. <laughs> And I think that's the message in Ashbute. So, yeah, for everyone out there uh, that hasn't heard it, if you go to Summer Party with Allie in Georgia, I think my episode is the last one that's up. Yeah. Because y'all threw it back recently as like a TBT one. Sure did. And it's right there. So if you want a little slice of life from a few years ago, we do talk beauty. We talk about the Aztec clay mask, which... I, that company needs to buy me a jet or something because I have sent them so much business. The thing about it is if they gave you a lifetime supply, the value of that would be about $24. Exactly. So what's the point? You're right. I mean, you get a tub of that for $6 yeah. and it lasts you until like your fourth generation great-great-grandkids. Exactly. You're right. I don't need I don't need anything free from them. It's a fucking heirloom. 
It is, yeah. Uh, so, you're right. We talked about the face mask. We talked about diva cups. We talked about all kinds of things on that episode. And it's a very fun little time capsule of that moment in my life. Right. We covered ground. We talk, We tell. I tell a ghost story that mm-hmm. I still get tweets about. So that's fun. But you also have a new podcast called Ologies. Hell yes, I do. Which is very fun. Ugh. It's all about learning shit. It is about learning shit. There's a lot of dumb stuff in science. So yeah. I try to highlight that. I mean, for me, my favorite part about Ologies is that most most podcasts that I listen to and whatnot, it's like they're interviewing somebody who you probably know, you know, a, com- a comedian, an actor, an artist of some kind. But you, your people, we don't know who they are. We don't know their faces. I love to, like, invent what they look like in my head. Oh, like, that's good to know. The volcanologist, I purposely didn't look at anything. I don't want to know because I have, like, a vision of what she looks like. Did she look cool? Of course she looks cool. She's a fucking volcanologist. Right. I'll tell you what I see, okay? Okay. I see like a blunt black bob, Mm. sort of like Uma Thurman, Pulp Fiction, bob, half sleeve, okay? And a little curvy. All right. That's just what I made up. You are... Incorrect. Oh, and I man. love that. I love the visualization. So it's an ologist every episode. Yes. And uh, we actually have a cosmetologist coming on oh. soon who I've already recorded. She's a makeup artist that you should have on this pod because she's. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I love getting professionals in here to, oh. t- to prove everyone yet again that I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm, I welcome that. That's the beauty is in a podcast, you get people on, you learn stuff from them, and then you don't have the responsibility of being the smart one. It's great. That's what I love about yes. technologies. Yes. I basically just want somebody smart and then I crack like <laughs> shitty jokes. Yep. Yeah. Love it. So yeah, you've got some pods under your belt. I try. So is it going to be weird being on the other side? It is weird. Because you kept emailing me like, oh, here, I want, uh, I have some, what research? I go, don't do any research. It's my job. I'm the host, baby. You take a, you take that passenger seat and strap in. Jackie J will get you to your destination. I'm nervous that I'm not going to have enough info. No, you don't need any info. Okay, all right. Bring it on. Let's start with some questions because we got flooded on Nashview.com. <laughs> you know, you can go on Nashview.com and I put on my guests, my guests. It's like the word breasts. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to make a lot of T's and S's in there. Guests. So I uh, I put them up there and then you can go see who's coming on Nashview and send them in, in questions. And guess what? Yeah. Everybody wants to know things yeah. about you, baby. People want to know. Yeah. So let's go. Let's dive in. I'm nervous. No, don't be nervous. Okay. Let's... I'm afraid. I'm. I'm afraid someone's going to ask just bluntly, "Did I shower today?" And the answer to that is negative. <laughs> so no, but we did talk about. You did send me a couple. Also, uh, you were texting me some stuff, and I wrote out your anecdotes, and we're going to dissect a few of them as well. Mm. So we got... This is going to be a long one, I have a feeling. Oh, boy. Everybody get a latte, sit down. You know what I was thinking? Clean your makeup brushes. Get them out, clean them, dry them, you know, do something. You know, an activity for yourself. Reorganize your caboodle, for God's sake. Reorganize your caboodle. Maybe do a, like, a foot rub, a foot foot exfoliation. Okay. Yeah, come on. Sure. Strap up. Okay. Okay, here's one. Uh, This is from Sam from Madison, Wisconsin. Allie, loved you on Summer Party and love you on Ologies. If you could pick one ology to dive into and study, research, experiment for a lifelong career, what would it be and why? Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Um, Probably bees. Really? I'm going to say bees. But then again, that's, that, that is problematic in terms of veganism. But Not necessarily. I love um, 
I love bugs. Yeah. You love bugs. I fucking love bugs. I thought of you. I was just in Texas and I was at the state fair and yeah. they had like a little booth of all the like, I don't know, it's not taxidermy, whatever they call it when they put the little dead bugs like on display in cases like little moths and butterflies. And I was like, oh, Allie would like those. But you already have a bunch of them. I didn't know what butterflies you don't have. I do have a lot of butterflies. I don't have any Texas butterflies. Do you see cicadas when you go down there? Oh, yeah. I just saw one the other, on my oh. sister's tree. When I see a cicada in the wild, it's like seeing Cher in the supermarket. I lose my shit. I get so excited. That is so interesting. It's the nicest way I can put that. Whew, I just am like, look at it. They're really gross I love to them. me. I love them. But they're beautiful to you. They're like little tiny crazy robots that know so much. So entomology, yes. Um, I've always wanted to have a a beehive and be... I want... Being a caretaker for bees is like being a lion tamer, but there's 30,000 of them and they can kill you slowly. So that to me, like being some old lady that has a beehive on her property is like a thing that I... That's how I I want to chill. I see that for you. Thank you. I 100... Remember Fry Green Tomatoes? Sure. Where she had the bees? Yeah. And then the other movie I have is... My Girl. We all remember the end of My Girl with I the don't. bees. You don't? I'm so sorry. Have y'all seen My Girl? I'm so Ma- sorry. Emma? You've seen My Girl? Okay, how have you not... I don't know. I don't know. I saw Lucas. There were a lot of locusts in Lucas. I don't know. I, I gotta I get into it. Listen, I don't want to ruin... I just ruined it. I mean, I didn't really ruin it. Anyway, <laughs> everyone knows the damn scene in My Girl with the bees! Macaulay Culkin, okay? And the girl from Veep. The girl from Veep. Does she... Doesn't she die in it? Ah, no! Spoiler! I don't... You said the bees! She doesn't die. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. I cannot believe you haven't seen that. I I, thought literally every woman, anybody with ovaries has seen My Girl, damn it! Well, I thought My Girl is like the human equivalent of Marley and Me. Is that incorrect? There's sadness and a beautiful blonde thing dies? Continue. Okay, continue. I'm so sorry. All right. We're just... Listen, everybody go see My Girl, okay? There's some bees. You like bees? There's bees in it. That's all I'm going to say, okay? All right, let's... Next question. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Allie Ward. Oh, I'm also going to say, some of y'all sent me some novels. Some of you have crossover questions. Like, some of you asked Allie the same question. So, if you were wondering, like, oh, hey, you asked half my question. Yes, I did. I made some uh, creative choices in my licensing, okay? I made some creative choices. So, yes, this person asked half of a question. I'm... You know what I'm trying to say. Sure, 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 sure. It's like a centaur of a question. It's yes, half and half. Got exactly. It. So I don't want anybody coming at me about it. Okay. Don't at her. I mean, you can at me if you want. Allie Ward, when did you start dyeing your hair? Did you always know you were meant to be a redhead? Um, also, you should have a cosmetologist on your show, which you just said you're going to. Boom. Also, I love you. Thanks for being a badass feminist lady. Heather from Ottawa, Canada. Oh, Heather, I want to gingerly hug you. Shout out to Ottawa, baby. That's where Tom Green grew up. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. Um, dyeing my hair. Yeah. And you know what? I was also told that it we should say coloring, not dyeing. Why? Um, I had a guy do my makeup on a set, and he goes, you dye an Easter egg, you color your hair. Uh, so I try to say color, but I still do it, too. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, so when did you start coloring your hair say, red? Can I just say, pick your battles. I agree. You're pick, right. Pick your battles. You're right. We have it hard enough as women. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're right. Can you not? Can you not say dye? I don't. Number one, I don't dye Easter eggs because I'm not seven. I dye my hair. I dye the shit out of my hair. 
I mean, that's what I'm going to call it. You know, I've probably dyed Easter eggs maybe three times in my entire lifetime, so. Coloring your hair is like t- taking a crayon to it, but the dyeing yeah. process is traumatic. For me, it's traumatic for my towels. It's traumatic for the hair. Yeah, like, my bathroom. Yeah, don't tiptoe around it. And as redheads, you know it looks like a goddamn murder scene. It always, every, every time. single time. I, I feel so bad for my husband. <gasps> our bathroom is forever permanently colored red. The fun thing, though, when you dye your hair, do you do this? You get in the shower to rinse it out, and you replay the scene from Carrie. Yeah, or Psycho. Oh yeah, that's ree, a good one. Ree, yeah. Ree, ree. yeah, every time I act the whole scene out <laughs> for myself, <laughs> you know, for fun. <sighs> so when? Because I remember you did have like a goth phase. Oh, girl, Your TVTs yes. are like, you were like, where are my goth virgins at? Hell yeah. Uh, there was some, you got some classic photos of like a darker haired alley. Very much so. Did you, now, your hair, your, do we have the same natural hair color, like a kind of medium brown? Mine's pretty dark. Okay, yeah. me too. Mine's like dark brown, I would say. All right. I want to know when you started dyeing your hair. When I was 13, baby. Okay. Yep. And have you ever gone back to natch? Yeah, a few times, but it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's, it's like yawn. I just colored it. Uh, a little darker. It does look darker. Yeah, it's an auburn, a dark auburn. Uh, So there's basically brown with just a little red in it, just because I'm just, my poor hair. No, it's it's great. It's autumnal. It's very cinnamon. Yes, I wanted to be an autumn. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go for an autumn chic. I like it. And that's what I achieved. And the bangs. But you need to stop micromanaging and answer my damn question. You're trying to interview me. This is, I, I'm the damn I'm host. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. the damn host. I just don't want to. I don't want to be selfish and just talk about myself. But that's why you're here. They want to know. know. They want to okay. know. Here's my here's my trajectory. So I was I grew up hella goth. Yeah. I started becoming goth at like 13 or something. Yeah. I lived in a in a rich neighborhood. We didn't have much money. We lived there because they had good schools. So we rented a house. It was like slums of Beverly Beverly Hills. And so because I did not have like white jeans and Benetton everything. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. I'm just going to wear Goodwill and I'm going to dye my hair. So um, my sister was into Morrissey. Oh, Adam loves Morrissey. So I started getting into like new wave gothy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I dyed my hair black for the first time when I was like 13. And I came out of the bathroom, dried it, and my sister started singing Cher songs to me. Yeah. If I could turn back time specifically, because when you have curly, curly hair and you dye it black, you just you look like a Halloween wig. Yeah. Everywhere you go. Yeah. I look like Cher. I look like imagine Cher's hair in like Moonstruck. But the before I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. It was intense. If I could turn back time. I thought for one second Cher was in the room. I told you I got her down. Fuck. I got her down, baby. It was almost like there was a cicada in the room. I got that excited. Oh, there might be. One might have leached onto me from, you know, Dallas. I might have carried it back. Who knows? I'm so excited. They were all over my sister's tree. Ugh. Yeah. Next time, send a mid. Well, I didn't know you had a You were horny for cicadas. I probably would have, damn it. They've been around me my whole life. You know what I kept seeing was grasshoppers. They're Fuck so yeah. big in Texas. One time I was riding an ATV. Uh, that's an all-terrain vehicle out in the country with like my dad and a bunch of my friends and stuff. And I was I had a helmet on. I was driving, and a big one goes and got stuck right in my helmet, like while I'm driving. And then it started trying to get out, but I can't stop or I'm gonna wreck. So I just had to sit there and let this grasshopper dig it into my hair, and it was terrifying. This is tr- that's traumatic. It was so big. They're so big in Texas, and they la- they like suck onto you. Yeah, you know, like Velcro onto your clothes and shit. <laughs> People eat them. Yeah, uh, it's an un, it's an unutilized protein source. Yes, I'm not sure how I feel about that because I'm all about you know using what needs to be used and not using a lot of 
Yeah, in the I'm future, really eloquent today. In the future, we're all going to eat bugs. Yeah, maybe. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so dyed it black yep. for a long time, and then uh, I stripped it. I was moving to L.A., and someone's like, you can't be goth in L.A. They don't, that doesn't it's happen too hot. down there. It's too hot. Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I'd wear wool in the summer. Oof. You sweat for your art. You do it's it. It's true, yeah. You're like, this is my identity. I'm committed. Marilyn Manson wears his leather thongs to have his breakfast in the morning. You know, <laughs> real artists don't take that shit off. That's so moist. Yeah. Ooh. So moist. Yeah. Does not breathe. Mm. So I stripped it. Mm-hmm. It turned orange. The oh. hairdresser was like, I'm so sorry. Don't worry. We'll get it back to brown. And I was like, stop right there. I'm sticking with this. Oh, so it's been orange ever since. How fun! And when I when I have ever when I I do it myself because every time I go in and try to get it done by someone else, it ends up like burgundy. Mm-hmm. But um, if I ever try to convey to someone what color I want it to be, I Google a picture of a baby orangutan. Okay, and that is the color I go for. Very interesting because the orangutans are pretty orange, mm-hmm. yeah. but yours right now does not look orange to me. Well. It is hard to achieve the red. <laughs> I want, like, my producer Rebecca's hair. It's like a copper. Yeah, that's what I want. A dark copper. I want orange. I don't really want clownish red, and I, I don't hate, want burgundy. Yeah, I hate the burgundy. You know when you go in the sun and it looks mm, purple? Hate it. I do not like. Me no likey. Oh, such a fail. Yeah. So that's why I, I would rather have it be clowny, clowny orange yeah. than sad, weird burgundy. Yeah, I agree with that. I just want, like, Julianne Moore's hair color. Yeah, but she's natural everything. I know, but I want that. I want I want to um, scalp a redhead in their sleep and then glue their hair onto my head, and then somehow the glue makes their color grow out of my head. That's what I want. I'll figure out which ologist that is. Excellent. I don't think it's going to happen. But, um, well, we'll see. I use 5RR is the color I use. Oh. I think it's Clairol or something. I get it from oh. Sally's. And what developer do you do? Third, 20. I do a 20 as well. Yeah. Yeah, got to lift that dark root, baby. Listen to us, little DIY dyers. I know. I said die to make you more comfortable. Thank you so much. Uh, Here's one from, uh, let's see, an old school fan, Aaron from Pittsburgh. Question for Allie Ward and Jackie if she wants to chime in. Allie, I remember on Summer Party you came up with a thrifty beauty hack to mix aloe vera and red food coloring for a long-lasting lip stain. Any other innovative tips that you can share? Love you, Love both of you, L.A. pod queens. Oh, I mean, that sounds pretty crazy, I'll be honest. Oh, it's the best. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they've since now, there's something on the market you can buy. But here's my deal. I I don't want to reapply my lipstick ever. Yeah. I want to put it on once when I'm born, yeah. and I want to die with it. Yeah. I don't want to fuck seems around. Seems logical. Ugh, you know when you see your lipstick on a straw? Yeah. That, to me, is just like... I, I got to go home for the day. I got to rest. Right. It's the worst. Yeah. Um, so I like lip stains and I like, uh, like I, I've been using just drugstore uh, Outlast by CoverGirl, mm-hmm. which stays on until you forcibly remove it. Outlast. Yeah. It's, it does not go anywhere. Every other lip stain I've ever tried is a joke. This stuff is like you have to file legal paperwork to get it off of your face. Yeah. Which is the best. Yeah. But... I was trying this lip stain for a while where I take food coloring and I do like a little orange or a little yellow, a little um, blue, a little red. And then I'd mix them to the hue I liked. Yeah. And then I'd take um, aloe vera gel. I'd mix it in that. And then I'd leave it on my lips until it dried. And then I would kind of gently swab off the excess. And then you would have a lip stain for like eight hours. Interesting. But you got to watch out because don't get it on your teeth because then your teeth look yellow all day. Oof. Mine already do. 
Get some Chris strips. No, I don't use Chris strips anymore. Why? Because they test on animals. Um, what about Plus White? That's no, a drugstore brand. They sent mm-hmm. my my dentist got me a whitening kit. I just haven't been doing it because I got my teeth professionally whitened and it hurt so bad mm. that I'm like traumatized. Well, the problem with whitening is you let it go, you let it go, and then you have a big thing the next day, right? And you got to get it all done in one night. Yeah, you got to gradually lift it, man. Yeah, got to do a gradual lift with those teeth. Hell yeah. Um, you know you can get your lip color tattooed on. I have watched so many videos yeah. on Instagram yeah, with like a quizzical question mark floating over my head and determined the answer is uh-uh. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Although it is funny because it looks crazy, crazy red for the first couple weeks until your lip scabs and falls off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as a person with permanent tattooed eyebrows, you know, we do crazy shit for beauty sometimes. You microblade it. Yeah. yeah. And how long does that microblading? Two years? I don't know. I mean, I'm in, I'm about a year in, and they have lightened up. Mm-hmm. So, but they're still there. So, I'm I think two years, two plus. Have they changed? Have they morphed? Have you watched them uh, like uh, develop, mature, if you will? They've they've lightened up. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna let them go away and then see what I got because they have helped me not pluck certain areas to grow out. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm feeling them still. Do you you don't still do lashes though? No, I mean not you personally, but do you get lashes? I have not. Okay, no, I, they're too expensive. Right, my mama's on a budge. I hear you. Yeah. I've, I have gotten them once, but I just can't deal with the idea of some of them shedding off and then having to go. Like, the upkeep stresses me out. Yeah. They're not for everyone. Okay. They are not—you have to be a certain person to be able to handle the lifestyle. The lifestyle? Yeah, they are a lifestyle. I mean, you can't sleep certain ways anymore. Oh. You can't take showers in certain ways. You can't touch your eyeballs. You have to be one of those people who can leave things be. No. You have to be able to have nice things. Hard pass. And if you're a picker, they're not for you. (laughs) If you love to rub your eyes really thoroughly, I love a good satisfying deep eye rub where I'm just jabbing my fingers in and out. Just, ah, not for you if you're, you know, getting lashes. You can't. You can't be the two. Okay, I'm that person also. Yeah. So I can't have them that much. I like to get them, but like after a month, I'm like, I'm good. Okay. And I don't need to keep getting them. All right. Yeah. That's and that answers that. Yep. Uh let's get let's get to this hair baby. Yes. Let's talk about hair. Girl. This is from Kiara from Cork, Ireland. Ooh. Allie, how do you tame your hair? I've seen it in full frizz on Insta stories, but then other times <laughs> so sleek. P.S. I love you and you, Jackie. FF, full frills. Yes, yes. Oh. Yes, yes, baby. Yes, yes. I yeah. think I'm gonna start that. You got to keep your frizz fresh. You got to keep that frizz fresh. Oh. I don't get frizz because I don't have enough hair to have frizz. Do you wish that you had enough hair to have frizz? Which would you yes. rather? You yes. would? Of course. Huh. I want hair, baby. Mm. Give me a head with hair. Um, Long, beautiful hair. I'm singing today. How much time a day do you spend? Stop micro interviewing Sorry. me. We're talking about you. God damn it. Answer Kiara's question. How okay. do you tame your hair? Okay. What were you going to ask me? I'll answer. I don't be rude. What'd you ask me? Uh, how long you spend a day on your hair? Oh, like a minute. I, I, My hair is not my feature. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not my feature. I've just made peace with my hair. This is the hair I've been given. It's not the best hair. I do what I can with it, but I really focus on the face. Okay. Uh, mama's got the face. You know, that's my thing is my face. Your boobs look great today also. Thank you. Oh my God, it's my third love. I'm with, obsessed. With your boobs? 
No, my third love bra. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Oh I'm my so sorry. god, I got to talk about it on my ad. Okay. Oh right, your boobs, amazing. Today. Thank you. I'm feel, you know, listen, I'm not. I've never been mad at my boobs. Oh, I'm. I've. Uh, uh, we're not. I'm not speaking to mine. Really? Yeah. Oh no. I'm like you guys. You're in a fight? Mine. They. They just gave up mid puberty. Yeah. And they were like, uh, leave me here. Yeah. And I'm like you guys. But I love how petite you are. Why? Thank you very much. I just feel like we always want what we don't have. Yeah. Right. No. S- someday I would love to like move my arm across my body and have it stopped. Like, oh, I can't put my arm across my body because my breasts are in the way. But. I don't have any rest, and that's fine. I'm comfortable with it, you know? According to Third Love, I'm a B and a half. Well. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I'm so excited. I didn't know Mama got an extra scoop of ice cream on her Sunday. Yes, honey. I was so excited to hear that. A B and a half? Is it only on one boob, or is that a quarter each? Oh, good question. I don't know. All I know is I can say I'm a full B. That's how I'm going to start describing myself. A full B. A full B, baby. I'm okay with it. You know, all you need is a handful. I'm a begrudging A (laughs) at best. Whatever. My mom said all you need is a handful. Sure. Nothing like talking tits with your mama. Yeah. Well, it's because my mom and my sister have, they're endowed. Oh, okay. And I got like, you know, the flat end of the stick, so to speak. And I was like lamenting to her at some point in my teenhood, like, why didn't I get tits like you and Sissy? Mm. She was like, Jackie, all you need is a handful. That's good. And that's, I said, all right, I'll take it. That's good motherly advice. Yeah. So let's talk about this damn hair. Oh, fuck, dude. You love your hair dryer. I do. I got a new hair dryer. Yeah. I invested in a $400 hair dryer. Shit. Um, first off, Bed Bath Me on coupons. Yes. They're everything. Yes, the 20%. Keep them in your glove compartment. That's so smart because I end up throwing mine out or put them on my desk. And then when I finally am at Bed Bath & Beyond, I'm like, I don't even fucking have the damn coupon. You are flushing money down the drain. You know what I don't get? I actually tweeted this at them. I said, why why don't you just give everyone 20% off? Mm -mm. It's so wasteful. You know how many trees and forests? There's a whole fucking forest gone because of those damn Bed Bath & Beyond coupons. I feel you. But here's the thing. You see some, your neighbors don't use them. They throw them on the ground. You pick them up. Those things never expire. They say they expire. They don't. Because they don't check the date. No, they just know. They see the date and they're like, okay. Yeah. You keep them in your glove compartment. That way, if you're like, oh, I should go to Bed Bath & Beyond, you take them in there. You do what you got to do. Yeah. But I saved hundreds of dollars recently. Are you saying that you make one purchase coupon, one purchase coupon? coupon yep and they let you do that mm-hmm. yep shit so i spent this thing was a 400 hundred dollar hair dryer yeah but i had multiple people say ali your hair is a liability yeah my hair is like a a disease that can't be cured it can be managed uh-huh. and so this is a tool that i needed yeah and one of the things that i hate the most in life is having wet hair and blow drying my hair because it's my hair is the texture of buffalo fur yeah and it's so thick and it's really frizzy and it's not like cool cute curly it's just like it comes out of my scalp in a rage yeah and it just goes every direction it's a frothing ridiculous it really does look like if you had a halloween wig and you put it away for several years and then and you, you pull it out yeah yeah that's what it looks like i mean sometimes you do insta story mm. and it is it is wild i'll be honest there's no other way to put it it's wild do you know my family doesn't call me Allie? they call me puffy that makes sense yeah i mean but honestly it's enviable <laughs> but then again you know, I, I'm privileged. Sure. Because I don't have to do anything to my hair. It just sits on my head. I don't blow dry it. This is how it comes oh, out. God. Straight. Straight as a board, baby. Flat. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. My hair is so... My my grandfather... I don't think my grandfather knew my actual name. He called me Fuzztop from the time I was like an infant. But... Yeah. So Did you come out of the womb with this hair? Oh, God, yes. Puffy. Yeah. Yeah. The it's gay, fun. I just came out like a... Like a 
a stressed out cotton swab yeah. with a baby underneath it. it yeah. Was a disaster. That sounds so, really cute. It was there. My mom gave up brushing at like two. She's like, you're on your fucking own. Man. Yeah. She's like, Good luck out there. Yeah. So uh, what I do is uh, I I got this Dyson blow dryer mm-hmm. because it it whatever. It takes about half as much time, which for a normal person be like, oh, OK, eight minutes. I or, blow dry my hair in literally a minute. It takes me 20 straight minutes of blow drying Wow! to the point where the under my undercarriage is sopping wet with sweat. Yeah. The blow dryer is really loud. So I got this thing. It makes it smoother. It does it faster. It's so much, so many dollars. Yeah. Try it first before you buy it, whatever. For me, it was a good investment because my hair is part of my work. And when I have to go on set and they have to keep gluing down parts of my hair because they're in every direction, it costs everyone money. So yeah. I'm like, I'm okay. And I have to do my own hair and makeup for a lot of the shows I work on. So it's like, all right. So, um, so it takes forever. I have to blow dry it and then I have to put it in a bun so it calms the fuck down. Because after I blow dry it, it's still, it, I look like an electrocution victim. Yeah. Put it in one of those. And then I use one of those wands mm-hmm. and I do wand curls. But here's the trick. Now that takes forever. It takes kind of forever. Yeah. But you got to spray it first. So you spray it while it's still in disarray, when it's dry, and then you wand curl it, and then you spray it again, and then you sleep on it. And when you wake up, shit looks good. I'm telling you, that's how I am. If I do my wand, it looks kind of crazy, but then day two, day three, day mm-hmm. four, yep. shit, I'm looking cute. Yep, sleep on that shit. Yeah. Sleep on it. Sleep on it. Yeah. I have a friend, Crystal, who goes to, uh, to Blow Dry Bar, mm-hmm. and she's like, I want to walk out of here looking like... Uh, like a creepy old doll and I'm going to look like shit and you're going to be like I can't let you go out but she's like I'm going to sleep on it tomorrow it's going to look amazing I know you're talking about like those ringlets non-brushed out my mom's wedding photo that's how she had her hair like creepy doll shake the 80s were an interesting time weren't they weren't they was she wearing a hat in her wedding photo no but she was wearing neck all like a Mm. turtleneck long sleeve dress because she was a catholic wedding and they don't want you to see anybody right it was basically just neck up head up Right. Not even neck. Head up. That's all that you could see. And then a veil on top of that. Oh, yeah. Long veil. Right. Lots of white. Ugh. And then creepy doll curls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. We got to... You got to... Do you know the name of that hair dryer? Uh, yeah. It's a Dyson. That's it. It's just... It, I have a Dyson ball vacuum and I love it. Yeah. Dyson is apparently making... and They want to rival Tesla in terms of electric cars. I say, oh. shoot for the stars, Dyson. Go for I would it. drive a Dyson because I'm telling you, my Dyson ball vac... Is life changing? It's oh, yeah. one of my favorite appliances, and I love my appli- uh, my Vitamix. I love my Vitamix. Right. I love my Dyson ball. I'm basically a housewife with no house. Uh, did you save up for your Vitamix? Uh, no, it was an impulse buy. Okay, um, and we split it. Okay, Adam and I split it. I I have a Vitamix as well that was a gift because I met someone from Vitamix and uh, I told me the only reason I wanted to get married was to obtain a yeah. Vitamix, and they're like, "I'm that's sad. I'm going to send you one," and I was like, "Fuck yeah." <gasps> Thanks, Vitamix. What a beautiful gift. I bought mine amazing. on QVC. It was an impulse buy. But, you know, they have those payment plans mm-hmm. that are great. But I didn't. I just, you know, raw-dogged it. I just bought it. <laughs> but I had Adam send me half. So it was 200 each. So right. not bad. But I use it. I'm such a... I'm in the Vitamix cult. Me too. Me too. I use it every day. That's what they all say. I use it every day, the Vitamix. But I really do. I use mine all the time. I'm obsessed with it. And I've had it now for like three or four years, and it's kicking. Yeah. You can throw an entire head of cauliflower, and it comes out like ice cream. It does. You're just like, whatever you want, it comes out the thing that you want it. It's a time portal into your dreams. I mean, it's worth the money, honestly. If you want to up the game in the Pitch, you got to get a Vitamix. Right. Now we're doing Vitamix commercials. Sorry, Vitamix. Jeez. I have a Creations, too. It's red. It's really cute. Oh, yeah. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, yeah. All right, let's see. What else here? Okay, here's one. Yeah. To the majestic Allie Ward. Wow. Beautiful. Yes, I'll marry you. How do you keep your skin so clear and beautiful? What is your daily skin routine? Also, I, too, have hair with a mind of its own. Are there any products that you... Yeah, we already talked about that. Uh, are there any products or your stylist use on Innovation Nation that you love and you start using when you're not at work? Mm. Uh, P.S. I'm so happy that you and Jackie are on a podcast together again. The episode oh. of the summer party we were both together was my favorite one of all time. I love you both so much. Can't wait to listen to this episode of Nash Butte. Jessica from Rhode Island. Yes. Hi, Rhode Island. I've never been to Rhode Island. Let's okay. talk skincare, baby. Uh, Your skin is looking beautiful. Filters, filters, filters. No, filters. I'm looking at you in real life. I'm, I'm IRL and right now you're looking good. Um, My skin... Okay, a couple things. Yeah. Um, I have a problem going to sleep in my bed. I fall asleep in different places. In I, I fell asleep on the couch the other day. I went to go to the bathroom to brush my teeth and then somewhere in the eight feet between my couch and the bathroom, I fell asleep on the floor. Interesting. I get tired. Yeah, you your schedule's crazy. I get tired. Yeah, mama gets tired. So, um, Neutrogena wipes, which uh-huh. are probably going to give me all kinds of body cancer. I use those on my face. We're going to talk about wipes in a minute because you know, asked me about them. I know. I, you know how everyone's like, mm, almond milk, and then they're like, guess what? Almond milk is causing yeah. this huge drought problem. Like, God damn it. Everything yeah, good. But that's not true, but yeah. Um, I'm on Team Almond. Okay. I refuse to be off of it. Okay. But, you know, it's one of those things where if you like something, you'll. F- we're going to find out that avocados are are horrible for the environment. Oh, yeah. You know. So um, so I use those in, because it's quick. Yeah. And, uh, but I have been using SPF like 90 yep. since I was... 16. That's the secret. And uh, I moisturize at night. But I do find that when I don't fall asleep wearing my makeup with my face down in a carpet, my yeah. skin stays clearer. It's yeah. really weird. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the correlation is. But, but you feel like the carpet would give you a nice exfoliation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like half the half of your face is, the, right. was on the carpet is really feeling good and the other half maybe not. Or Well, I thought maybe the makeup would insulate it from germs yeah you know I thought yeah that would help, you know this has come up a lot on attribute and i've been saying this forever and i think it's because i used to have really bad acne mm-hmm. so i don't fuck around at night i don't care how tired high drunk intoxicated you know whatever i'm hallucinating off of my whatever my ayahuasca trip mm-hmm. i wash my damn face i take the makeup off i do my eye makeup separately with like some kind of oil uh. i do a cleanse i do a moisture i do my oils i do my acids i get this shit clean before i get in that bed uh. but but i have a lot of other places where i don't take as good of care of things but that's like my thing i do not sleep with that makeup on ever and I take my fucking contacts out every night. Da, 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 da. I never leave those fucking contacts. I have friends that are like, oh my god, I fell asleep with my contacts and I'm so drunk. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Those are eyeballs. Take the contacts out. All the time. 
I, stay with your contacts in. I am a train wreck when it comes to going to bed. I am like, I used to fall asleep in industrial clubs. Like, have oh you God. ever listened to Skinny Puppy? Have you ever heard Skinny Puppy at one million decibels with like a bunch of cyber goths like, stomping not. around you? I have fallen the fuck asleep in my car. I'll drive up to in my driveway, turn off the engine, boom, wake up three hours later. Wow. It's have n- you seen a doctor about your narcolepsy? <laughs> it's one of those things I'm so used to that I'm like, oh, yes, I suppose in this. Yeah. But I think part of it's blood sugar, and I think part of it is just, I just, I'll just go until I'm like a doll, one of those wind-up dolls that yeah. just is like, nope. So I'm try. I honestly started seeing a life coach to get me better about turning the day, the day is over at yeah. seven. And I did it for a couple, I marked last month on my calendar, I marked the days that I went to bed yeah. and I only missed two days out of the month. Normally I have like a 50% ratio yeah. of getting to bed. Not bad. Which for me was amazing. And then I started ologies and now I'm just like, whew, yeah, waking up in weird places on top of the kitchen table, laptop in my face. I mean, that's kind of fun though. It's fun. It's like finals week every day of your life. Yeah. But it's partly just because I've been like deadline driven for a million years. And yeah, I love I'm, But that. I'm trying so hard. So if anyone else has this problem, please, please tweet at me. Yeah. I'm trying. I got it. You have to. We're business women. We're yes. CEOs. Yes, we're CEOs. When do you when do you say it's quitting time? I mean, I try to go to bed and wake up every day at the same time. How the fuck do you do that? Because I don't have a job. Well, it's really easy when you don't have like if I worked a lot, like if I booked this job I had an audition for today. Um, I just probably have your, to. Do you I have, check your phone to see I if did. you got it. You listen. This is this is the business, baby. I'm on the phone. You know. I've actually booked a job while it being in this booth. Oomph. My my agent sends me Facebook messages, which I know is very weird. He's basically a Facebook agent. Okay. That's the level I'm on. Uh, I can't get a real agent, so I have a Facebook agent. So my Facebook agent like DM me was like, "Hey, you booked. You're the worst." <gasps> and I was like, "Cool." We edited it out of the episode, but now you're getting the real scoop, baby. So maybe I'll get a text. Then maybe I'll get a Facebook message while I'm in here. I'm excited. I mean, who knows? It's just tomorrow. Don't be excited. I'm, you know, you can't get your hopes up in this business. You can keep your hopes in the My gutter. hopes are down. They're Mine down, are all down, the way. down, down in an early round. Mine are down, baby. No hopes. I'm pumped for you. I'm not. It was a fun audition, though, and that's all that matters. you got to love the process. Sure, sure, sure. So I go to bed around midnight to one, Okay. and I wake up at nine. And I know it's late, but I don't have a job. I don't have kids. So I can sleep late, baby. Okay. And I try to do that. You know, obviously, I go out sometimes. It's different, but that's what I try to do. We need to talk about sunscreen. Is there okay. one you like? Um, I, I go back and forth between thinking this is fine and thinking this is going to kill me yeah um most of here's my struggle with most products yeah i'm like is this fine for now but it's going to kill me later yeah like for example there's all kinds of shit in sunscreen that can cause hormonal disruption oh interesting cool um so you then you have to use kind the kind that are just minerals that yeah. are white masky ones. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I use like Neutrogena Dry Touch, yeah. like a hundred. Yeah, it has oxybenzylate, which fucks with your hormones. My hormones are fucked, so I'm like, well, do I continue to use yeah. this? I don't know. Yeah, um, I probably should be using like baby sunscreen that's more mineral and titanium, titanium oxide and shit. That Neutrogena one, it says Helioplex on the mm, front. This yeah. was years ago. I, I got it because I was like, oh, SPF 7,000? Yeah. Sign me up. That Helioplex gives me those little white bumps. You know, really? sunscreen gives you those little bumps. Mm-hmm. So I can't use it, but I don't use energy anyway. They test on animals. God damn it. Sorry. What do you use? I use, well, funny you should ask, Allie. Mm-hmm. Basically, there was this one company that I always said I used, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got an email from this other company that was like, hey, you never, you only talk about blank. 
We're going to change that, and we're going to send you a bunch of shit. So, Kula, you're my new sunscreen, baby. C-O-O-L-A, Kula. I have on their setting spray right now. Because the thing is, it's this whole thing about you put on your sunscreen under your makeup, it doesn't work. Because your makeup, like, <gasps> reflects the light, the, you know. It, so, now I'm putting it on over the makeup. So, what? I'm using Kula's setting spray. So, it's the setting. It sets your makeup, but it has SPF 30 in it. And I'm all about, like, the 30 to 50 life. That's Mm-mm. kind of my sweet spot. Because Dr. Sadat, on an episode of Nashville that I recorded, told me that the numbers don't matter. It's just applying. So, you keep re- you have to reapply for, like, three hours if you're in the sun a lot, which I'm not. I pretty much am in the sun when I'm driving. And that's it at right. this point. We are in a windowless booth right now. Yes. We're in a bunker. I stay pretty out of the sun at this point in my life i was a sun worshiper and a tanner all through my <gasps> teenhood and then i at one point said i'm done a few years ago i was like bye son it was nice knowing you and i you know reclusively covered is that southern culture what oh, is yeah. that oh my god my mom would cover herself in baby oil and lay out mm. you know what like those like reflectors oh, like yeah. the foil i mean we my mom loves the sun and i love the feeling of sun on me but I don't remember because it's been years since I've let that happen. Now I'm covered. I wear gloves. I wear a hat. I cover. My uh, my high school boyfriend uh, had two aunts from New Jersey, mm-hmm. and they used Pennzoil for tanning. Oh my god, Pennzoil! That is extreme. Like because it was a, like ten weight thirty or whatever oh. it was like the right weight for yeah. them. Wow. Yeah. Were they tan? Uh, what do you think, dude? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah. They looked. You like- think you're putting Neutrogena on your damn face? Pens oil? Mm. Yeah. Okay. They looked like Peruvian shaman. They were a yeah. very, very well tanned. If you're interested in reaching out to him, I would love to get them on here. <laughs> For some reason, I see Patty and Selma from The Simpsons, but um, like... You have no idea I was going Jersey to say version. that. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I didn't want to offend anyone. But they were very similar to that. Well, I'll do it. No, there's nothing offensive about it. Patty and Selma are like life goals. Yeah. Are you kidding? Very true. Okay, let's see what else. Uh, what's your favorite bug? Rosa from St. Louis wants to know. I feel like you kind of answered that. Bees slash cicadas? I got a lot of them, man. Yeah. Um, I would say my favorite bug is a dragonfly naiad. Okay. It is a juvenile dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. They live in water. Mm-hmm. They're carnivorous. They look like crickets. When you say carnivorous, they eat other bugs? Yeah, they just they eat meat. Yeah. They're not like munching on plants up. Yeah. They take their jaw and they <gasps> throw their jaw out. So far, they grab something to eat, and then they eat it, and they're just like, fuck you, and they just eat everything. And then they look like crickets. They don't look like dragonflies. And then they crawl out, and then they latch onto a branch or a fence or something, and then they burst out of their back, and they go from being a cricket shell to being a full dragonfly with the wings. They're like a they're like a um, transformer bug. Exactly. It's crazy. They leave this crusty ghost of a cricket shell behind them. And if you go around the Silver Lake Reservoir, there's a certain spot where you can see all of their their little ghosties, their exuvia. And, uh, you know, when you see those those weird shells of cicadas on uh-huh. trees, that's what that is. It's like they burst out of it. But I think that they're badasses, and I think that their um, capacity for transformation is pretty dope. Wow. I didn't know any of that. Well, now you do. Yeah. I There's a lot of dragonflies. I'm a lake child. Like, my house mm-hmm. is on the lake in Dallas, and my dad has boats. Shout out John Johnson. Hey, hey. And, oh, you met John Johnson. Hell yeah, yeah. I did. He's six foot three, uh, you know, Texas playboy. So <laughs> Your picture of the two of you dancing is one oh, of my favorite photographs right. ever. Yeah. Yep. So, you know John Johnson. Uh, so, 
uh, yeah, there's a lot of dragonflies in Texas. And why do they always ride each other? Is that them fucking midair? Yeah. Do you know? They're fucking midair. Yeah. Okay, because when I was little, I'd always see them like paired up. And I was like, oh, how cute. They're mm-hmm. like riding together, but they're fucking. Yeah. Okay. Their whole goal, once they eat as kids and then they burst out of the back, their whole goal is to dry, dry their wings, and then fuck. Okay, interesting. And then die. Yeah. They fuck off and die. I mean, doesn't sound like a bad way. No. Doesn't sound like a bad way to live. <laughs> no. And what a makeover. Yeah, honey. Jen from Brooklyn wants to know, Allie Ward, your skin is flawless. What products or routines do you use in order to keep it hydrated while traveling on so many planes? Oh I thought that was God. interesting. My face is dry from Texas. Dry. Mm, yeah. I need some moisture. I'm on planes all the time. Yeah. All the time. And I remember I used to read like Sassy and YM and there'd be models who'd be like, it's really, flying's really dehydrating. And I'm yeah. like, fuck you. I'm 13 and reading this in the suburbs. But um, planes, it's they're dehydrating, but it's also disgusting because it's gross, germy air. Yeah, recycled air. Everything has E. coli on every surface yes. when you're in a plane. They don't wash the planes. You're in a Petri dish. Oh, it's In gross. the sky. It's disgusting. So yeah. I don't even care. Give me the dehydration, but just get those germs off me. I'm not even a germaphobe, but planes are just particularly gross. Yes. Um, what I started doing is I started using coconut oil under my eyes, mm-hmm. but I think that was making me break out. Mm-hmm. So, um... I moisturize at night. I started using a retinol situation mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and uh, just drink more water always, all the time. I use, I walked in here with a thermos, for yeah. God's sakes. I'm hydrating constantly. Yeah. It's smart. I have my bottle, too, somewhere on Get the floor it, girl. right here. You just got to keep that moisture. So how about we talk about beauty blenders? Ugh. I want to know. you. I, months ago, you texted mm. me, I need to talk to you about beauty blenders. Fuck. So what's your gripe? What's your what's your thing with the beauty blenders? Um, the first time you use a beauty blender is magic. You just pulled this beige egg out of your purse. Yeah. God bless you, Jackie yeah. Johnson. That thing, get it the fuck away from me. Am oh, I swearing too much? Do other people swear this much? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, shit, piss, fuck, cock, I mean, I... cock, sucker, motherfucker, tits, fuck, turd, and twat. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. You can say whatever you want. I got to eat, baby. Good, I love it. Um, Sorry if you're listening with a kid in the car. <sighs> Kids need to know about beauty blenders. I agree. They need to know the horror that awaits them. I agree. Okay, here's the here's the problem with the beauty blender. First time you use it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Holy wow. Yeah. This looks great. The next time you use it, it is disgusting and you're all of your... For me... Next time I use it, no matter how I wash it, that thing just, I feel like it's just this like moldy, germy sponge. Yeah. And I'm just smearing more germs on my face. And then I break out the next time I use it. Interesting. No matter how I wash it, I don't know how to wash this thing. Yeah. And they cost $40. Yeah. They're a fucking sponge. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I don't, I'm like, you're telling me I'm going to spend $40 yeah. for the sponge that costs you maybe a dime. Yeah. And then it's going to make my face break out. But how else am I supposed to smear this shit on my face when I have to work? What let me do I just do? let me. I've I've have gotten some research for you. Thank you. Okay, so first of all, they're twenty dollars. Whatever. Which is still insane. Okay. I also recently read that you're supposed to replace them every three months, which to me is highway robbery and shitty because I have some that I've had for over a year, two years, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, like have I. Sp- Am I supposed to be getting rid of these more often? Well, I want to replace mine every 22 hours. Yeah, apparently. I don't find that to be true, but I guess... Let me just tell you a little about the baby, okay? okay? Because um, they, like, quadruple in size once you get them wet. You got yours wet? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, you can't go dry with a BB. No. You can't go in dry. They were founded by a makeup artist named Rhea Ann Silva. And she was trying to find a way to make makeup look better on high-definition TV. Which, as we know, we've talked about this on Attribute, the TV has changed the entire dermatology game. Ugh. Because you can see Earthang. The reason women are injecting their faces and completely changing everything and filling in everything that's normal and natural to have is because these TVs, baby, you can see everything. You can I know. See the pores, you can see the little hairs. So she was like, I'm trying to find a way to make the makeup look better on the face for TV. So let me tell you about why the Beauty Blender is different from other sponges, okay? It is hydrophilic, which means it is designed to absorb water. There is no other sponge. There's, there are ones now. Beauty Blender was the first. Question. Yes. Don't sponges by nature absorb fucking water? Yes, but beauty makeup sponges, they never had done that in the past Okay. prior to this. All right. So it, it, is, a, it is made to absorb water. Uh, in 2007, most makeup sponges were designed to repel moisture, with the logic being that a soaked sponge meant product lost. But if you wet the Beauty Blender... Uh, which you're supposed to do. It soaks up water so there's no room left in it to absorb your foundation too, which is very interesting. So you basically fill it with water and then there's no room in the sponge for the makeup to go into it. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, it was conceived during a special effects makeup class. Um, during the class, the teacher began to talk about cutting sponges as a part of a technique. And that's when Silva was like, oh, this could be it. The sponge shape. So she came up with this little kind of teardrop shape. Mm -hmm. There had never been one this shape before. Now, of course, everyone has ripped it off right. since then, but she came up with this shape. I also see sometimes on Instagram, baddies will slice their beauty blender in half and then use this to like stamp their contour shape. Oh. But this shape, no one had ever done it before. Having one little edge that's like a, kind of a nipple almost, yeah. you can right get in the corner creases of that nose. Yeah. I always forget this little crease on the side of my nose, and then I look in the mirror after I've already left the house, and I'm like, well, I forgot. Yeah. You know, and you get under your eyes with it. So this had never been done before. Okay. This little egg. So you're saying respect. Respect okay. all the way. Um, you can use it to apply liquid and powders. And here's why I like the Beauty Blender. See, I keep one in my purse. I don't even wrap it up because I'm disgusting. <gasps> But I had I used it this morning and it's still it's still big. It's about half the size as it was, but it's still not all the way back to its regular size. I just keep it in here and I just pat to help smooth out because you know I get it goes into the lines. Makeup will sink into those lines of your face. What? I just go like this and fixes it up right before I go into my audition. I touch up right in the corners, whatever. But you put that in there, like uh, it's your it is being raw dogged. I mean, it's yeah, like raw dogged all the way, just floating in my purse and my commando. disgusting crap. Yeah. It's which is disgusting. I could keep it in a bag or something, I guess, but it just sits right on top. It's fine. Well, listen, Beauty Blenders, here's one thing I want to ask of Beauty Blenders. Yeah. Why don't they come with a case, like a retainer case, that's ventilated? That's smart. You know what uh, I mean? They might have one. Like, I don't know. I need something that's going to dry it out. Yeah. It's not going to touch everything disgusting. A retainer case is a great idea, like little holes in there to mm -hmm. like hey, keep it dry. Yeah. Yeah. Or let it dry out or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. Like the other reason that, that she used it on the sets was, uh, because after you keep applying, keep applying, keep applying to fix up and touch up, your makeup starts to cake on. But with this, you just reblend, rebuff. You don't have to put new makeup on and it fixes your makeup. That's well, why I like this. How the hell do you sterilize that? So I wash mine with all kinds of things. They have a beauty blender soap, which works really well. 
really, really well. Because I have a white one, I have a pink one, I have all different colors, and you can see the makeup coming out of it when you wash it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just wash mine with my soap in my bathroom, or my I, I buy like one cheaper face soap that I just use to like wash my brushes and my beauty blenders. When you buy a beauty, when you buy a beauty blender. It doesn't even come in any kind of case that you can reuse. It's like a little plastic. Yeah, a little sphere. I have been reusing that weird little plastic thing because I just, I don't know what to do with it. It's so weird. It's like, they give you a baby leaving the hospital and they're like, good luck with this. And you're like, I need a car seat. I need, what do I I do with this? I need to swaddle it. Yes. How do I swaddle my beauty blender? Yes. Don't give me a naked baby. Yeah. Well, I will say uh, the cream shop makes these little stands. And so now I keep mine in these little stands. They're like little, like an egg holder with little feet. And it's really cute. But you can't carry that in your bag. No, you can't. Yeah. Beauty blender, make a damn case. Uh, that's a good question for a pro MUA. How do you store the beauty blenders in your kit? I, I would mean, love to know that. I'm on the road. Yeah. If I'm doing You're my on makeup, the go. if I'm doing my makeup, I'm not home. Yeah. You know, if I'm home, I look like a troll doll and I'm okay with that. But if I'm on the road, I got to do my makeup in the back of a warehouse before I yeah. interview an engineer. Yeah. I got to I can't I can't just put that shit in my pocket. I know we're going to get lots of te- tweets about this. There okay. has to be something that we just don't know about. All right. uh, I will also say that the Beauty Blender has a utility and design patent. Mm. But they have been ripped off by certain companies. You know, the egg shape People can sort of dupe it around the patent, but this texture, I have got I found one like kind of a Chinese Amazon weird purchase that was very similar, but this specific bouncy texture, I have not been able to see on any other sponge. I love this, but not everybody does love the beauty blender. There's a lot of beauty blender haters out there. I remember your first episode, you covered the silicone ones. That's right, the cell sponge. The cell sponge is great for putting the makeup on your face, but blending product it is not good for. I use it to put sunscreen on. Okay. Uh, because I know it won't absorb into the sponge or, you know, get into my hands or whatever. Just slap it on. I slap primer on with my cell sponge, whatever. But I still put my makeup on with my little BB. Oh, bye. I hear you because if I started breaking out, usually I'm like, oh, I got to clean something. Mm, but yeah. Your skin's flawless. I'm honest. I'm, I'm happy to say right now, zero zits on my face. Mm. Zero. And I'm on my period. It's the first time I've ever talked about my period on this whole podcast. I made it 20-something episodes. I'm on my period right now. I usually break out right before it. I didn't get a single zit from this stamp. So I'm telling you, I'm doing something right. Yeah. So my beauty blender is clean, baby. I wash mine every two or three days. Wow. I would say. But I, if I'm doing makeup those three days. But I also like get it wet every time. So most of the time, if I'm wetting it, I might as well wash it out. Yeah. So I almost wash it every day, I guess. I washed it, I washed it every time. Yeah. But my, I think my skin is just more acne prone, which is hilarious because I'm like, uh, is there ever going to be a time when it's not acne prone? Yeah. Haven't you grown out of that yet? Like, pretty sure yeah. it should be. If you Like, you shouldn't have to worry about zits and Botox at the same time. That should never it's happen. It's really, yeah. It's a bad, that's where I'm at, too. But I took Accutane. I took it twice, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, yeah. I really wanted to get into the history of makeup, so I guess we should do that first. Okay. Before we completely go over and run out of time. Okay. But we have so much to talk about. 
Now, I'll tell you this. In terms of research, this is how extensive my research is. I Google something, and then I read one of the top articles. Great. So if any of this information isn't right, just know that I didn't hire a professional researcher. It's just Jackie J with the Googs. Mm -hmm. Okay? So the first recorded makeup in our history Mm -hmm. is 164,000 B.C. What? Archaeologists found 164,000-year-old makeup in a South African cave. (gasps) The makeup, consisting of 57 pieces of ground-up rock that would have been reddish or pinkish-brown, is called one of three hallmarks of modern life found at the site and is one of the earliest hints of modern, quote-unquote, living. Scientists believe that humankind of this time period weren't advanced enough for this type of behavior, believing that modern living began approximately 40 to 70,000 years ago. Very interesting. So makeup meant culture back then. Yeah. Wow. It meant civilization. I wonder what they used it for. Who knows? We don't know. We can't find out. (gasps) Unless we have a time machine, baby. (sighs) Then let's cut to 70,000 B.C. Humans were painting their bodies using plant and earthen materials. Sometimes the decorations were to imitate nature, like animals. Other times the patterns were from natural formations. And they have a picture here. Do they look hot? Okay. It looks a little bit like measles. Yeah, it's sort of just like painting a lot of uh, markings uh, on your face, squiggles, spots, all kinds of things. And I will link this article on nashby.com. It is from artistsbrush.com. That looks like a, that could be a Burning Man look. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Because everyone loves to appropriate. Mm-hmm. So it's perfectly on trend. 10,000 BC, the men and women of Egypt started using oils and ointments to clean and soften their face and skin and mask body odor. Mm. Cosmetics are an integral part of Egyptian hygiene and health. Oils and creams are used for protection against the hot Egyptian sun and dry winds. Um, Such oils as myrrh, thyme, chamomile, lavender, lily, peppermint, rosemary, cedar, rose, aloe, olive oil, and sesame oil provided the basic ingredients of most perfumes that Egyptians use in religious ritual. And a lot of those are used today, baby. I mean, all of them. You know who you remind me of right now? Who? Uh, Jan Hooks in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Okay. Did you see that? Uh, Yeah, of course. Can you say tortilla? Tortilla. See? Yeah, that's me. I mean, that's like my dream character. Yeah, I know. She's the best character in that movie. So let's stay into Egypt, baby. I I love that the Egyptians were like, number one, we're going to make paper. Yeah. First people to make paper. I don't know if that's true. I yeah. made that up. Papyrus. Sure. They made some pyramids. Yeah. They had gold coffins. Yeah. And they looked good. Sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. Sarcophagi? Sure. Yeah. You don't know? Well, it's... You're Allie Ward, damn it. It's, well, it's a Latin. If it's from the Latin, then U.S., the plural of that would be... I think that's neutral, so I think it would be sarcophaga, but I'm not sure. Mm, interesting. I don't know. We're going to get forever. tweets. We're going to get tweets. Sorry. 4,000 B.C., Egyptian women apply Galena misdermit, which is copper and lead ore mix. Mm, oh. Healthy. Uh, and green paste of copper minerals to their faces for color and definition. They employ a combination of burnt almonds, oxidized copper, different colored copper ores, lead, ash, and ochre to adorn the eyes in an almond shape. Women carry cosmetics to parties and makeup boxes and keep them under their chairs. (gasps) It's like us when we go out. Oh, my God. It's like me carrying my beauty blender in my purse. There's nothing like some good lead straight into the eyes. Oh, yeah. 
for that uh, that you know almond eye that we all love, mm-hmm. the cat eye baby. They were rocking that. Why live to be over twenty? I know it's crazy. Uh, so now we're at three thousand BC. Records of makeup and cosmetics are found in tombs dating from this period. Jars with I should have googled this. Oh, it says it right here. It is called unguent. Mm. And it is a substance extensively used by men and women to keep their skin hydrated and supple and to avoid wrinkles from the dry and hot atmosphere. It's crazy that people only live to be 20, but they were worried about damn wrinkles. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. Get your priorities straight. Hard living, though. Hard living. I mean, crocodiles in the Niles. Oh, among many Woo. other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were dying of scurvy, all kinds of shit. Plagues. You know? yeah. Plagues for days. Mm-hmm. Plagues for days. Does it say what unguit is and if we can purchase that at Rite Aid? Um, it does not say what unguit is, which I'm sad that I didn't look it up. Whatever. But you know what? Everybody look up unguit. It's U-N-G-U-E-N-T, unguit. I bet it's something from the the scent glands of a... Of like a A yak. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Now, let's go to China, baby. Okay. They're always innovating shit for makeup. 3000 BC, Chinese people began to stain their fingernails with uh, gum Arabic, gelatin, beeswax, and egg. The colors used to represent social class. Uh, Royals would wear gold and silver. Subsequent royals would wear black and red. And lower classes are forbidden to wear bright colors on their nails. Wow. Interesting. No flash for the poor. No flash for the poor. Very, very interesting. I love that black was like, mm, I'm up, I'm up. That's so goth. Yeah, right? The goths were ruling the school. I remember I wore black nail polish and my very religious aunt pulled my mom aside and said that the devil was at work on me. And I was like, Girl. Did you say Carson Daly's wearing black nail polish on TRL and he's the most godly angel among us? I sat my aunt down and had a long talk about Carson Daly. Yeah. Yeah, she converted. There you go. But I was like, come on, I'm a virgin. I play Magic the Gathering. I get good grades. Lay Give off. me a break. Yeah, lay off. In 3000 BC, Grecians whitened their complexion with chalk or lead face powder and fashioned crude lipstick out of ochre clays laced with red iron. Mmm. Mmm, yummy. All right, we got all kinds of shit. Let's see. The Egyptians, the Egyptians. Um, makeup was believed to protect one from evil. Coal, a dark colored powder made by grinding burnt almonds, uh, lead and copper ores, ash and ochre was applied to the eyes with a stick to give an eye an almond look. Yeah. That was considered desirable. It's a smoky eye. It's yep. an actual smoky eye. An Egyptian eye. smoky eye. Because it's just ground up burnt stuff. Uh, now let's get back. Let's get into 1 AD. Okay. So now we are in AD, baby. Romans used cosmetics extensively. Coal was used for darkening eyelashes and eyelids. Chalk was used for whitening the complexion. And rouge was worn on the cheek. This is probably the first usage of rouge. Do you know, I want this to be a ride at Disney World where we just go yeah. like and, and then... I would love that. We're in little areas and then it's just you. You're on the loudspeaker. I would love it. that. Maybe if we open Jackie Land, this will be the <laughs> first, one of the first rides, okay? You wouldn't call it Chooch Land? Yeah, I probably would. Okay. I'm going to name everything after her, okay. pretty much. Um, okay, we're still in 1 AD. Let's, I'm just going to scroll because I'm telling you, this is a very extensive list. Let's get to 1200 AD. 13th century affluent women donned pink lipstick as proof they could afford synthetic makeup. Wow. So the game is growing. 1400 AD in Japan and China, rice powder was applied to the face, eyebrows were shaved, and teeth were painted gold or black. Oh. 
I'm telling no. you, where do these trends come from? Uh, 1560 AD, during the Elizabethan period in England, women wore egg whites over their faces for a glazed look. Ugh. It's kind of like that glossier look now. Yeah. You know, just that little gloss on there. Throw, some, throw some gloss on that face. A little dewy. Let's go to 1820 AD. The most dangerous beauty aids during this time were white lead and powdered mercury. Oh, hell. They not only eventually ruined the skin, but also caused hair loss, stomach problems, the shakes, and could even cause death. The shakes. Even though the danger was known, most women continued to use the formulas in order to achieve the desired look. But this is in an era where, like, tapeworms were your workout routine. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like also just, like, everyone was dying of the bubonic plague. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's like YOLO. I'll look good while I'm here. Fuck it. You know what I mean? No shame in the game. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. Okay, let's see. Let's skip to... 1900 AD. Colorful makeup begins to resurface. Full makeup was seen as sinful, although natural tones were accepted to make a healthy pink cheek look. So this is post-Victorian. This is like Edwardian era? Yes. I kind of skipped Victorian. We all know. We've all seen the photos, okay? 1910. Women made their own form of mascara by adding hot beads of black wax to the tips of their eyelashes. Some women would use petroleum jelly for this purpose. Okay. 1914. The first modern commercial for mascara formulated was named after Mabel, the sister of its creator, T.L. Williams, who makes petroleum jelly and carbon soot together. This mascara is known today as Maybelline. How did that not just melt right off your eyes? It probably did. Okay. Let's see. What else? Uh, 1920s. The first pressed powders were introduced and included a mirror and puff for touch-ups. Oh, it's modern. Pressed powder blush soon followed. And I feel like this is, we're still doing all of this. Yes. Nothing's changed that much. Oh, 1928 AD, AD. Pancake makeup originally developed to look natural on color film was created by Max Factor. I we mean, know him, right? So much happens because of that, the ding dang film industry. Oh, that's what the contouring is all about, too, Ugh. which we'll get into. So we're all getting this stuff. Okay, this is very extensive, very extensive, very extensive. At this point, uh, at this point, I feel like it's just an exponential growth curve of how much shit floods the market. Yes. Let's see. Crest is the first toothpaste with fluoride, clinically proven to fight cavities. It was introduced in 1955. 1961, CoverGirl Makeup, one of the first brands sold in grocery stores and targeted teens is introduced by Noxzema. Interesting. I remember my mom loved Noxzema. Yeah, I used to use it. Oh, yeah. It was, that was by every sink in my house. You know where the name comes from? No. Uh, it was used as an eczema cream, and it would knock ex- eczema. Noxzema! Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're getting to the 90s, baby, okay? Now we're in the 90s. Everybody's wearing makeup. Everybody's doing it, okay? Touche Eclat by Yves Saint Laurent. Laurent sure. was launched and became the item to have a, as part of one's cosmetic regimen. I've bought that before. What it's the not hell is cruelty it? free anymore. It's that um, concealer in the little gold tube that you click and it comes out of like the little brush tip. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, oh, 1993, the term anti-aging is coined. Oh, very interesting. It rapidly leaves the medical sphere and establishes itself in the world of beauty, care, and wellness, launching the next big chapter in cosmetic research and in marketing. So up until 93, nobody gave a fuck about getting old. Yeah. And they made up that term, and now we're like, oh, I, if it says anti-aging on, I'm buying it, damn it. Can you imagine if there was like an anti-breathing thing? Like aging is a yeah. very normal yes. biological process. You're very right. Like, oh, anti-breathing spray. Yeah. It 
asphyxiates you for a moment. Yeah. So you don't have that pesky chest movement. That's crazy. You're right. You are one hundy, hundy right. Crazy. Um, oh, look, I'll read the last one. 2008 AD, makeup products for men become more available. Guy liner and mascara. Mascara. And there's a picture of Pete Wentz here. I'll, rocking I'm, that smoky eye. My boy Pete. Yes. Uh, Adam. Yeah. He's an actor. Yeah. When has he ever had to wear makeup for a role and he and he tries to take it off but there's still a little bit of guy liner and you're like, mm, looks hot." Um, no. Okay. But, you know what? We all have our thing. I like guy liner. Yeah. I think it's hot. Yeah. I'm sure certain people I would not kick him out of bed for it. You know what I mean? Okay. But Adam and I, I think his eyes are great the way they are. Okay. You know, I wouldn't mind if he put on a little moisturizer at night. He's not, is he not on the Jackie No, he has a regimen now. He has a regimen now, and it's really cute. But I've, I got him on the sunscreen. You know, he's, he's getting better. But, you know. Can you imagine having to shave that, a beard every day? Yeah, not fun. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, I mean. I lasered my whole body. Oh, yeah. Eyebrows down. That's in here in in our research. Last thing I'll say, 2014, the global beauty market is forecasted to reach, oh, look, $265 billion in 2017, which is today. And that was before they even knew about Kylie. Yeah, so now it's even higher. Those numbers are all... So I realized that was kind of a shitty, rushed history of makeup. I loved it. But I kind of want to do the contouring one now. Contouring, baby. How did it start? Is this going to bum me out? No. Okay. I don't think so. I get, I, I, here's the thing. Have you heard of the beauty myth by Naomi Wolf? Great book. Great book. Uh, Naomi Wolf, noted feminist. Um, Mm -hmm. She wrote a book called The Beauty Myth Mm -hmm. about how women uh, are kind of herded toward display professions where beauty is a part of our role. Receptionists, Mm -hmm. uh, stewardesses, um, actors, newscasters, whatever. Um, And so, and a lot about how women are kept... Women are kept down by having a lot of their resources and time be shuttled toward, and money, be shuttled toward money. Interesting. So not only do women have to do same work as men and get paid less, but also you have to spend 10% of your income at least on beauty regimens and a lot of your time. I had a, a, a screen test this week, huge, big job interview, and I got the information I needed for it a few hours before and I had to spend a couple of those hours curling my stupid hair and I was yeah. like none of the dudes going in for this are even remotely doing this yeah. granted they have to shave and they have to wash their balls and stuff yeah. but still so when it comes to things like contouring I, I just like I can't not think about that book I can't not think about like is this a good use of our time Yeah, and I, I really grapple with artistry and freedom of expression and self care versus like holy shit they're just telling us to do this thing for 45 extra minutes a day so yes. we don't read the news. <laughs> yes, that's very interesting. That is very interesting. It's a great book. And I think my answer to that is you just do what makes you feel the best. But what makes you feel the best is controlled by marketing and culture. Yeah. What makes what makes us feel the best, what we do that makes us feel the best is so unnatural. I love Diet Coke. Yeah. My body doesn't want that. Yeah. But why do I even like it? I don't know. I try not to drink it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So go figure. So yeah. this is not anything I have any any solutions for. It's just stuff that kind of rattles around when I'm evaluating what is self-care, what is confidence, what is looking my best, and what is being a weird servant to an industry that doesn't serve me. Continue. Very interesting. So I hope that wasn't a bummer. It 
Well, it's definitely not a bummer. I welcome all opinions on Natch Butte in terms of <laughs> beauty and whatnot. Um, however, I have a beauty podcast. So if I felt that way, I would not have a job. And I would be doing this. You know what I mean? But I think so, that there are different. But I think that there are so many different ways to feel beautiful and yes. to to do self care. Yes. For example, like you're, if you had jumping jackies, yeah, that is a completely different way. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there's all there's all kinds of ways that we can take care of ourselves. And also, I do think that a lack of self care is really detrimental. Yes. I think if you're not grooming and you're not taking baths and you're not leaving the house looking confident, you're doing a disservice to yourself too. I don't yes. have any answers. Yes. Anyway, that's how I feel. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I welcome it. Very interesting. Okay. So let's talk about contouring. Let's talk about 1500. Okay. Lest you think contouring is a modern development, one confined to the era of red carpets and editorials, think again. The art of contouring, which sounds like a coffee table book just waiting to happen, started way, way back as early as mid-1500s. What? Stage actors in Elizabethan England would apply chalk and soot to their faces so audience members could read their expressions more clearly. That makes sense. Yep. Very interesting. Let's cut to the 1800s. By the way, this is an article from... Beardy.com, B-Y-R-D-I-E.com. So I don't want to, like, pretend I wrote this. I do think it's interesting that contouring was used for seeing someone really far away. Yes. But now we see people in macro. Right. So, so different. My, how times have changed. Haven't they, though? Uh, they were on a stage. Now we are on a very tiny iPhone screen, mm-hmm. very close up. The world's a stage, though. Sure, isn't it? It sure is. The 1800s marked the introduction of artificial lighting, i.e. everyone would notice if actors had soot on their faces. Thus, (laughs) in the flood of new electric lights, it became necessary for performers to use other means to accentuate their faces under the spotlight. These actors were the pioneers of what we now know as contouring, using quote-unquote pancake makeup and even grease paint on themselves to help accentuate their emotions they conveyed on stage. Very interesting, baby. There, there are some old photographs of like uh, the kind of makeup it took to appear right on film, yeah. and it's insane. Looking. Oh yeah, I mean that's even true to today. I, sometimes I do my makeup, and I and I'm like, I look so crazy, but then on with the lights and the cameras, I'm like, ooh, I look good, baby. So you know, it's all the trickery, baby. I know everything's, everything's fake. Smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors, and, and uh, filters. No, so let's cut to 1920. Okay. Contouring eventually made its way to the film world, where screen legends like German actress Marlena Dietrich started incorporating it into their film makeup. Dietrich was said to believe in accentuating the natural lines of her face with shading and sculpting. According to the sources, she always paid close attention to overhead lighting and knew the power of a perfectly cast shadow, as well as a thin, super-arched brow, one of her signature features. Her brows were a whisper. Oh, yeah. They're so cool. They were a suggestion yeah. of a brow. They were like a little parenthesis mm-hmm. right over each eyeball. Right. Yeah. Barely it kind of reminds me of like a Gwen Stefani brow, like a No Doubt era Gwen Stefani brow. Like Isn't a, that... It's funny when it, um, with a TBT, the brows give it away. Yeah. I can look at just a brow on a TBT and tell you exactly what you're Exactly. Because you know what? The brow trends mm-hmm. really are there. Let's talk about 1934, baby. Okay. 1934, legendary makeup artist Max Factor was the go-to for creating and applying makeup for screen actors. He was influenced by stage actors' technique, but he added his own spin on shading the face for film so it didn't appear too flat. Okay. Interesting. In 1945, his makeup school released the first step-by-step tutorial on how to contour your face, even breaking it down by face shape. Tutorials existed pre-Pinterest era. Today, many makeup artists credit Factor for coining the contouring term and technique. So, it started on film. 
I thought this was entirely a Calabasas invention. I'm telling you, it's very interesting. And what do we do? We see celebrities on TV. We want to get their haircut. We want to get their clothes. It's the same thing. People would watch movies and said, I want to see, I want to have Marlena Dietrich's brow. I want to have her face. And they contoured accordingly. Very interesting, right? Do you have a style icon that you really like? Um, Peggy Bundy. (laughs) Yeah. Peggy Bundy is my icon. Fair enough. Yeah. 1944. You might recognize the name Ben Nye if you were ever in a high school production of Grease. I just made that part up. Uh, I know Ben Nye. You know Ben Nye? Of course. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Given it's most likely plastered across the stage makeup you wore to smear on your face. Named after the makeup director of 20th Century Fox in 1944. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Nye was another legendary makeup artist who created characters from iconic films like Gone with the Wind and Planet of the Apes. A makeup line seemed like the next logical step and his products are still used by professional artists and everyday women uh, the queen of contouring herself, Kim K, mm-hmm. swears by his banana powder to set her makeup. What the hell's banana powder? It's like powder with a tiny bit of yellow tint to it. Okay. So it depends on the tone of your skin, but if you highlight under your eyes with the banana powder, it's I have one, but I have the Candy Johnson Too Faced. Well, aren't you a, aren't you a true neutral? I am a neutral, and it is too yellow for me, but I had okay. decided not to give it back. Okay. Not to send it back because I liked it, even okay. though it doesn't look good on me. It's fine. I'm sick. Let's go to the 1950s, baby. The 1950s were a time of old Hollywood glamour, like actresses Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, and Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, the doe-eyed glances. If you look at portraits from this era, almost all of them feature subtle contouring and shading. You just wouldn't know at the time, since makeup secrets weren't shared with the masses back then. This was pre-YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram. Now let's get to the 90s, baby. We love the 90s. Oh, those 90s. Oh, they were a beautiful time. Ah, the 90s. It says that. The decade of all things tight and cropped, stenciled brows, and the hint of contouring migrating to the mainstream. Celebrity makeup artist Kevin O'Quan made a subtle sculpted chiseled look. His signature on clients and friends like Gwyneth Paltrow, Cindy Crawford, and Janet Jackson. Still, contouring remained an industry-only technique. As in, social media did not exist. Have you ever heard of Kevin O'Quan? Of course. Of course you have. I know people who the only book on their bookshelves was Faces. Well, it's funny funny you should say that. Yes. Have you it? (gasps) You have it. Oh, my gosh. Not only do I have it, but I'm handing one to you. (gasps) Can I see it? It's yours. What? Are you serious? Where'd you get this? Let me read you something in my email, okay? I've been emailing with a sweet little honey, okay? She works for a publishing company, and she sent me a very lovely email because she said, Jackie, you said on the pod you want to read more. Wow. She sent me a box of books <gasps> from her publishing company. Their company happens to publish Making Faces by Kevin O'Quan. Stop it. Which happens to be celebrating in the month of October... It's 20th anniversary. This is a really, this is actually a very, very important makeup history book. It definitely is. And listen to this. We're giving away a bunch of them to some Nash Butte honeys. Me and my friend here, Lauren. So I'm going to put the details in the intro of this episode. So you've probably already heard it. So I'm just going to leave it. But basically, we're going to do a fun contest. I'm going to give away one grand prize, both of Kevin O'Quan's books, plus the palette, the 20th anniversary palette. Of Kevin O'Quan, and then we're going to give away five other set of books to some honeys. That one is for you, though, dude. So Kevin O'Quan is like the god, yes, of this. Like we just read. I mean, in the '90s, he created the look of all the supermodels that trickled down to all of us basics. I always wanted this book. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, with you. I always wanted it. It's one of those books. It's just very, very, very classic. It's the artistry. 
yeah, it's got it's got a, a a vamp page, an innocent page. It's just all these different kind of icons, but um, it's got some dude makeup in here. But it is one of those things where you're like, I have a makeup palette and I don't know what to do, yeah. and I need a. It's like a really good cookbook. It's a it's a, a Facebook. Yes. Even though that's already been taken. Right. This is dope. Thanks. You're welcome. Oh, I'm stoked about this. It'll go great with that other book you were telling us about. <laughs> the beauty myth. I have that in my uh, have that in my backpack. You know what? <laughs> it's a balance. That's what I'm saying. We're yin and yang, baby. Women, we got both sides. Well, I just think you have to do what you feel like you want to do instead of what you feel pressured to exactly. do. Exactly. Exactly. That's my new catchphrase. So let me finish this up. 2010, okay? Otherwise known as the turning point in the makeup world, 2012 was the year Kim Kardashian tweeted a before and after of herself pre and post contour. Makeup artist Scott Barnes was responsible for the look. It all went downhill from there. Millions of people realized they too could create razor sharp cheekbones with a stroke of a brush. Many, many, many strokes. And here's the photo. I mean, it's absolutely insane. I remember this. She looks like a. Uh, it looks like. She looks like a Star Trek alien. It's like neutral clown face. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of white and dark and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but afterwards looks great. I don't know how to contour. I'm very curious. That's why I'm very excited to read this Kevin Aquan book. Because he's all about the natural, like just ways to accentuate. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go hog wild with this crap. Uh, but if you want to, do you, baby. So now we are in modern times. Contouring turned into a full-fledged cultural phenomenon the following years with everyone from top models to YouTubers in their bedrooms trying the long-held makeup artist technique. With mass appropriation comes change, and the subtle shading used by makeup artists morphed into something a little more obvious. Now we are in the present day. Contouring spinoffs like strobing and tontouring now run rampant on the interwebs, while Instagram quote-unquote celebrities rack up millions of followers for their mind-blowing makeup transformations. What is strobing? Oh, I wrote it down for you. Okay. Okay, let me just go in here. So, tontouring, listen to this. Oof. Tontouring, a form of contouring that substitutes self-tanner for the usual palette of cosmetics. So, that would mean you use self-tanner to do your contour so it's there all the time. (gasps) Very interesting. Like, almost like a henna tattoo. Exactly. For your face. And then, uh, strobing is just highlighting. Okay. It's the area to accentuate the high point. The idea is to accentuate the high points on your face, the places where the light should catch. Okay. So, like, see my little highlight, baby? Oh, I notice your highlight. Oh, yeah, baby. It's flying across the damn room. I mean, I see you put it on in your Insta stories. I love it. I'm up on it. I love it. I've only recently, about a year now, I've been into it, so. You like Rihanna's uh, new gold one, right? Yep, yep. Trophy wife, baby. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, the reason it boomed in the industry? Social media. <laughs> the social media, that's why. We all have phones now so we can see what everyone's doing and what they're buying. And that's why the beauty industry has boomed. You also asked me that. Why is so- the boom in the beauty industry? It's social media. Right. Because trends just are, it's like an acceleration of yes, trends. Yes, exactly. It's like putting rocket fuel on trends. Right. Back in the day, you know, in the 30s, we'd they'd see women on t- on the movies and they'd go to the hairdresser and say, "I want the Dietrich, please." Mm-hmm. But now, we pull up our phone at the at the hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And we can pull up literally a photo from any time period that's ever existed and say, "I want this color, I want this cut." I do think that they the ter- the trends come on quicker and die more quickly. Yes, for sure. You know? Like, it's funny how the double braid, the double French braid, the yep. Kardashian double French braid, I would see that in airports, and there was like a peak where I saw it in airports all the time, yep. and then now it's on its way down. Yep. Very but, interesting. But yeah, sometimes I'll see that and I'll be like, oh, I saw like three people with the same hairstyle. What happened? And then sure enough, it's like 
a Kardashian did it, you know, a week ago. Right. Oh my God. It's crazy, huh. isn't it? Let's, we have so much more to talk about. We got to, we got to get out of here. People are trying to move on with their lives. Let's talk about real quick makeup wipes. Okay. Because you said something, you asked me, are makeup wipes bad for the environment? Should I be using them? Whatever. I know. So the short answer is yes, they are. Fuck. Okay. Because of the landfill buildup. <sighs> uh, paper waste makes up about 35% of the total material filling up landfills. Oh. But, there are biodegradable wipes. Okay. And there's actually a lot more of them than I thought. Really? Yes. Okay. A lot of them. The ones I'm using right now are Andalou Naturals Micellar One-Step Facial Cleansing Wipes. They are certified, bio-preferred, biodegradable, compostable, and they're made of cellulose fiber, which is fibers that come from plants that are processed into a pulp and then extruded in the same ways that synthetic fibers like polyester or nylon are made. Okay. Yes2 wipes are biodegradable. I always tell everybody about Yes2 because it's a drugstore brand. They got lots of flavors. They are biodegradable. Okay. So you can use them and not feel bad. Uh, Alba is another. Alba Botanical. Three-in-one clean towelettes. Chlorine, which I was talking about. Chris Pratt uses those under eye patches. That's chlorine. Really? Um, Makeup remover biodegradable wipes in soothing cornflour. Pacifica. Is another brand. It's at Target. Uh, they make so much stuff. Everything smells delicious. Theirs are biodegradable. And a cure, which is another organic brand that I've been using a bunch of their shit. Their wipes are biodegradable as well. So there's plenty of them. All you have to do is read the back. Okay. So you'll be fine. I've tried using micellar water to get things off my face and yeah. it didn't work. Interesting. But not all of those are micellar water. Not all of them. Okay. Are. No, cool. no, no. Um, you said I stopped washing my hair months ago. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Why don't we end on that? Okay. What do you mean by that? Well... So my hair is very frizzy. Yep. It's in its natural state. It's coarse. It's like a frayed rope. Mm -hmm. And so I was in, I don't know, Target or something, and I saw like a cleansing conditioner. I was like, I'm going to give that a try. Yeah. So I started using it, and my hair got way less frizzy. Whoa. So you don't use shampoo? No, dude. Whoa. I just use cleansing conditioner. And it's essentially like putting just conditioner on your hair. And then I comb it through in the shower, and my hair has gotten so much softer, which for my hair, like, my hair really, really feels like a wild animal. It's not a good feeling. But um, so my hair is a lot softer. It's more manageable. It's one less step. And my hair color lasts, like, three times as long. I want this. What is it? Did you bring it? What brand is it? I didn't bring it. But here's the downside. I need to find a new kind. It's a cleansing conditioner, but I looked on the back to be like, yeah, what is in this? Yeah. And it has palm oil. Mm, you avoid palm oil? I try to. I mean, I did on ologies. I had a primatologist on episode two, and I learned about orangutans and uh, orangutans. There's no G on the end of yeah. orangutan. Isn't that weird? It is very weird. What do you say? Orangutan. Yeah, me too. But I'm not an ologist. What do I know? I say I can't not say orangutan. Anyway, so I was like, God, I didn't even know this had palm oil. So I got to find a new one. But um, but they, I don't know. Listen, I avoid palm oil like the damn plague. Mm-hmm. But there's sometimes they say it's quote unquote from a sustainable source. I don't know if that's true mm-hmm. because all these some of the natural brands have some shit with palm oil in it. Okay, but I don't know. I'll take a magnifying glass to the back. But I just saw yes. that and I was like, damn it! But you massage it into your, your into your scalp and then you know you leave it on for a few minutes and I don't know. It's been working. But I also I have dry, disgusting, flaky scalp sometimes too. too. Me too. And um. I sometimes, I think it might be something I'm eating. Mm. I notice that if I am eating super clean, that my my scalp doesn't get gross. But um, but that's the worst. That's the worst. Yeah. But I've noticed that my scalp is better. That's good. Because I always assumed I, I color my hair a lot. I just have to deal with the scalp. This is, my scalp is just mad. Right. That's what I assumed it was. Um, I some, some people who are sensitive to gluten will mm-hmm. cut out gluten. And then they're, for me... Um, 
my the bumps on the back of my arms mm-hmm. and legs and my scalp gets better when I don't eat gluten. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, my thing is like, I already don't eat meat and dairy. Cut out gluten and I'm starved. Yeah, exactly. I could live off of a pita chip, you know, I know. what I mean, at oh, this point. I you. But yeah, there's a lot of gluten talk out there. Yeah. My, my aunt made me read Grain Brain. Yeah. And it's all about, you know... Gluten and it causes everything and it every take it out and everybody's cured and I don't know. I mean inflammatory stuff. Yes. It's a big deal. Yeah. But um but yeah, I I had to avoid it from my doctors told me to avoid it for an autoimmune thing. So that but I did notice that my my skin in general got less disgusting from li- cutting the gluten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it is something to try. Try it and see how you feel. I don't know. You know, it might be great for you. If you're if people are like, "Oh, everything's so itchy. What's the deal?" and then and you cut it out for a couple of weeks and you're like, "Oh, then you know, and that, there tweet you at go. me. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah, tweet at Allie. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we got to get out of here. We've been talking too much. I loved it. And we didn't even get to everything. You have to come back. Okay. We have a lot to talk about, damn it. Tell everybody where they can listen to Ologies. Uh, tell them your social media. Uh, I'm at Allie Ward, A-L-I-E-W-A-R-D, on all the things. And then Ologies is a podcast. It's out on, on Apple and Google Play and uh, the podcast addict all that stuff it's everywhere and it's a different ologist every episode so it's science adjacent but i break it down so that it's not overwhelming yeah because some of us are big old dummies no i there's so many times in an interview where i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about but i don't want to interrupt them and be like what is that so i just put in the notes later i like that i should start doing that too no it's helpful because you know i uh i want to learn Let's you're, expand our minds. You're a delight. I learned so much. And now I want to get some Beauty Blender soap, and I want you to use it on your Beauty Blender that's in the corner because it's dusty. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> going to have to give it a dirty cleanse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely have to give it a good cleanse after today. Thank you so much. And, and I, thank you for listening to Natribute. I love it. I want you to say the closing phrase with me because very rarely does somebody come on this podcast that knows what it is. Cream your neck and keep your French fresh.